All right, you're back. You got your free 25 bucks on Underdog? Perfect. Let's dig into what best ball is. So if you've never played before, best ball is pretty simple. It's nothing more than a draft. No waivers, no trades, no setting, or forgetting to set your lineup every week. All you have to do is draft your roster to 18 total players, and you move on with your day. And again, you can sign up for three-person, six-person, 10-person, or 12-person drafts. Uh, they have them live, so if you're on your phone or your computer, you can just do that live. Or you can do a slow draft where you can take a couple days, maybe even a week. Um, but anyways, the software Underdog basically takes your player totals for any given week, and it chooses the best one quarterback score, uh, your two best running back scores, your three best receiver scores, and your best one tight end score. So how does that scoring work? Uh, let's just, for example, say that you took uh, Josh Allen and Kirk Cousins as your two quarterbacks, and we'll talk about roster construction more in a second. Uh, each week throughout the season, Underdog basically assigns the higher scoring of those two players every week as your one quarterback score. So let's say Allen scores 30 points in week one and Cousins scores 12 points. You're going to get those 30 points out of Allen assigned as your quarterback score for week one. Uh, but then let's say we go to week four and Allen puts up a stinker, gets picked off a few times, he puts up like four points. But Cousins has a huge game, throws for four TDs, and he puts up like 36 points. You'll get those 36 points from Cousins assigned to your quarterback for that, for that week. So in a nutshell, all the week-to-week -week lineup decisions or headaches that you go to during a normal fantasy season, those are taken off the table. And here's where the term best ball comes in. Your best ball score is maximized on your roster every week for that one quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, and one tight end. So how do we go about roster construction? It's not that different, really, from your normal leagues. Um, the only difference is you're really looking for high upside here. So uh, you, you, you want to chase those ceilings and, and not really worry about the low floors all that much. Um, so, you know, you're still playing fantasy football. All, everything you know about fantasy football doesn't have to go out the window. Um, you know, you like Tyreek Hill. He's still great. Um, you know, you don't like a certain guy. You don't have to like him in best ball. Um, I see a lot of people say, like, oh, I like him for best ball. Well, that's kind of a crutch. I mean, sure, that works with some guys. Maybe Tyler Lockett's kind of boomer bust. I see a lot of people, you know, talk about how he has huge weeks and then other weeks where you don't know if he's on the field. That's fine. He's a good best ball player in that in that case. Um, but, you know, most guys, like, Tyreek Hill's a stud. You know, you, you don't have to like him more or less for best ball for, for the most part. Um, but, again, you really want to sort of – steer into the volatility for best ball um, and, and again, you know, chase those high ceiling players, you know, the guys that are going to throw for four touchdowns or those running backs, you know, you're never going to get a six touchdown Camara game again, probably. Well, maybe, but uh, you know, those running backs who you think could go for, for three scores and 150 yards. Um, but anyways, you don't have to worry about those boomer bust players because if they put up a zero, you're probably going to have other guys on your roster that can make up for it. So those guys that you're worrying about um, week to week during your normal fantasy season is maybe like your wide receiver two or your, your running back two um, that are a little more boring. So, you know, going back in the memory banks, like a Frank Gore type guy, you don't really want to target them quite as much. You want, like I said, those high ceiling players. Um, so, you know, you're not going to have to worry about those bust scores every week. And you're going to have guys that can replace those scores, hopefully every week. So, like I said, you have 18 total spots to draft in your, in your draft. Um, again, live, slow draft, 3, 6, 10, 12, whatever you want to do. 
I, I like all of them. I'll, I'll talk about three person in a second. Um, but you have 18 total roster spots on underdog. Thankfully, doesn't include kicker or defense, which is awesome. Um, and again, you're, you only you only get one quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, and one tight end that actually count every week. Um, so that's uh, I'm not a math major here. That's only seven spots out of 18. So you have a lot of sort of you know dead wood to play around with here. Uh, that's not going to count. So how many quarterbacks do you take? How many receivers? How many running backs? How many tight ends? Usually, I've seen people do two to three quarterbacks, um, anywhere from like five to seven running backs, anywhere from six to maybe nine wide receivers, and most people take two or three tight ends. You're going to want to take more than one, especially at quarterback and tight ends, because you don't want to just give up the bye week and take a zero. So you're going to want at least two quarterbacks and two tight ends. Um, and then you really want to focus on those running backs and wide receivers. Again, embrace the volatility. Uh, know that you're going to probably have to draw on a couple of those players from, from each one of those spots. Um, so, you know, how many you take quarterback and tight end sort of depends on who you take. So let's say you wait on quarterback and you want to, you know, end up with, uh, let's go back to our example from before. So maybe you have Kirk Cousins and you didn't take Mayfield. Cousins is your QB1 and uh, Baker Mayfield's your QB2. I don't love either of those guys. They're fine, but I, I wouldn't say that like in any given week you're going to get a great score out of either of them. So you might want to take a third flyer there. Maybe Zach Wilson a little bit later. Sam Darnold, somebody I like later in drafts. Um, a little bit of upside in that Carolina offense. So if you're embracing volatility at quarterback and you wait a little bit, you might want to take three. And I'd say the same thing at tight end. Um, if you have Kelsey and Kyle Pitts, you're probably good with two. Same at quarterback. You, you end up with Mahomes and Brady. I probably wouldn't waste a spot on a third quarterback in that example. Um, that takes us back to running backs and wide receivers, though. So, you know, in that respect, you, you want to just load up on as many good players as you can there. Um, it, you know, same thing as normal fantasy football. You like zero running back, you can keep doing that in best ball. You like the, I've seen this new moniker, hero running back, where you take uh, like a McCaffrey and then wait until later in the draft. You can do that too. Uh, you want to load up on right wide receivers in this whole zero running back approach. You can do that or you can stack up on running backs. Either way, you want to end up with about five or six running backs, in my opinion, and maybe seven to eight wide receivers. Um, so it's really your comfort level with positional depth. You do want to keep bye weeks into account. So you don't want to have, you know, six different guys with the same bye week. It's probably not very likely. But again, you know, you do want to keep bye weeks in mind as you're drafting throughout. So you know, same-ish is normal fantasy football. Um, but again, you don't have to manage the week-to-week -week decisions. The, the computer software underdog does that for you. So you're kind of all set there. Um, and uh, just a couple other things just want to cover here before we go. And uh, we'll, we'll come back next week. We'll have some, some sort of high risers in terms of ADP, some guys that have been falling that we might be able to take advantage of. I'll give you a couple of my flag players that I've been taking in most of my drafts. Um, I think I've done something like maybe 120. Yeah, I'm, I'm a sicko. Uh, underdog drafts at this point. So so I have lots of, uh, lots of advice and different players and ideas to share. Um, but two things before I let you go. So I know 10 and 12 draft, tell, sorry, 10 and 12 person drafts sound harder. They probably are. You end up sort of scraping the bottle, bottom of the barrel with a lot of late round flyers. Totally cool. I love doing those too. A lot of people scoff at the three and six person drafts, especially the three person drafts, because 
you're going to and everybody all three of you are going to end up with a loaded roster you know you're going to have somebody's going to have like Mahomes and Allen as their quarterbacks and somebody else might have uh, Kelsey and Kittle as their tight ends it looks stupid when you come out of there however there's a lot of strategy to it so you go in let's say you have the second pick somebody takes McCaffrey first do you take Dalvin Cook who most of the time goes second in normal leagues or do you take Kelsey and just take him off the board um, and, and sort of lock down that tight end position. Moving forward, let's say you take Kelsey and you come up again and Kittle and uh, Waller are sitting there. Do you take one of them or maybe even both of them? So you've just taken all three elite tight ends off the table for, from your opponents. There's a lot of validity to that. Um, I've, I've done a lot of drafts, three-person drafts that is, where you know you sit there and if you do the sort of zero running back approach, you can still end up with like, Saquon Barkley and Jonathan Taylor as your running backs if you wait because you know a lot of people are waiting and there's only three teams and you can also have something like Mahomes and uh, Lamar at quarterback with Kelsey and Kittle at tight end and AJ Brown and Jefferson at wide receiver so there's a lot of strategy in in terms of positional roster construction with three-person drafts and oh by the way if you do it live you only have 30 seconds between picks and there's only three people. So it's just like, boom, boom, boom. You're making decisions right away. Um, again, kind of silly because you all end up with a ridiculous roster um, or a loaded roster, that is. But at the same time, there's a lot of strategy. It's super rapid fire, like I said, 30 seconds. Um, and you kind of have to plan ahead and, and figure out, you know, if I take Kelsey here or Kittle here, what, what, what's that going to look like for my running back position a little bit later? Um, so, again, I know it sounds silly to, to recommend three-person drafts. But I've had a lot of fun doing them this summer. They only take 15 minutes. That probably feeds into my addiction a little bit more. Um, but give them a shot. Uh, or the six-person drafts are fun too, actually. Um, so anyways, give them a shot, um, especially if you're short on time. You can, you can play around with this. Um, and the last thing I'm going to say before I let you go, use tiers when you draft, please. I know the, the ranking sheets are cool, like the top 150, top 200, whatever. Um, but they're, they're not that great when you're trying to put your roster together. So... Uh, just as an example, and I'll tweet something out about this later, but like, let's say you get to a point where uh, the only quarterback that you really like in a tier that's left is uh, Lamar Jackson, and you need, you still you know you need a quarterback. Um, but there's like six running backs available in the what I would say is similar tier of Montgomery, Carson, Swift, Dobbins, you know that that range there. Uh, Josh Jacobs, maybe people would put him in there. So especially in a three-person draft, but even in the bigger drafts, if you start thinking ahead, like, okay, if I take Jackson here, can I get one of those six running backs later? Or if I take one of those six running backs here, Jackson's gone. Who's the next tier of quarterbacks or who's in that next tier of quarterbacks that I'm going to end up with next round? So again, rankings are fine. And, you know, it, it's super easy to be like, oh my God, so-and-so dropped to me at 75 and he's ranked at 50 on my cheat sheet. That's fine. But if you're not taking positions into, a pro, into account there, you can kind of screw yourself. Um, so again, if, if you kind of go through tiers and do this on your own, I mean, there, there's lots of great resources out there and we have a lot of them at, at drroto.com um, in our football draft kit. But like take the tiers from that draft kit or, or whatever you might find and tweak them to, to your own usage. This is your draft. You know, you don't have to take the tiers exactly how somebody gave them to you. So, you know, maybe 
Maybe you think McLaurin should be up there with the Justin Jeffersons and AJ Browns of the world, or you know, push them down to uh, you know the uh, people like Mike Evans more than I do, so I won't say that um, to the uh, you know T Higgins range or something like that. So you know, make the make the tiers your own, but stay away from the rankings. Is basically my thesis here. Uh, sometimes they can lead you astray, and and each draft obviously is kind of a living, breathing organism in its own. So you're going to have to make adjustments as you go through um, based on what your opponents are doing or who's left on the board. But I promise you that tiers is a better approach to constructing your, your roster. Um, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox here, but don't forget to check out the draft kit we have at drrodo.com. Um, Jason Braddock, for example, has put a lot of work into that. Doc obviously is highly featured in there. There's tiers in it um, along with rankings. So give that a look um, on drrodo.com. Subscribe if you're not a member. Um, but there's lots of great resources there to take into your best ball drafts. And, and again, the best ball rankings don't need to be all that different from, from your normal draft rankings. You might want to tweak them a little bit uh, for, for guys like Tyreek Hill, who can be a weak winner, or like I mentioned Lockett before. Um, but otherwise, you, you can kind of more or less draft the same types of players. So anyways, I hope you found this useful. Um, I hope you enjoy under, Underdog as much as I have. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you about it if I didn't actually like it, I promise. Um, and don't forget to sign up if you haven't already using the code that we have. So go to underdogfantasy.com, download it in the App Store, the Google Play Store, and sign up with the code DOC, that's D-O-C, DOC, and you'll get free $25 of bonus cash to play with in your account. Um, we're going to be doing this podcast weekly, or I'm going to be doing this podcast weekly, so looking forward to talking to you all. Uh, you can ask me any questions or give me feedback or whatever you want uh, on Twitter. I'm at RadRoto, so R-A-D. R-O-T-O. Always looking forward to interacting with you all on there. Um, again, sign up on Underdog Fantasy. Use the code DOC for that free 25. And uh, I'll be back here to talk to you all next week, talk about some ADP risers and fallers, some players I've been targeting. And if you want to throw me any questions on Twitter, it's R-A-D-R-O-T-O. And uh, I'll be happy to answer those on next, week, next week's podcast. So with that, again, this is Nick, and I'll talk to you all next week.